This is Steve, the cookout coach, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. To the really big barbecue central show. It's a show where we talk about barbecue and grilling. We originate from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rippey. Happy to have you. If you want to jump in on the show this evening, There are two bits of contact information that you will want to keep at the ready should you feel fit to jump in. Here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening coming up in about 12 minutes from now. Third Tuesday of the month brings a pair of recurring guests in the first hour. First up, the creator of Barbecue Bible, the host of Project Fire TV show, multiple-time author, multiple, multiple-time author, Hands down, probably, is that contradictory right off the bat? Probably one of the most recognizable names in the live fire industry. And I would say there's other folks that you can lump into the live fire industry if you want. But as you start to break down the nuts and bolts of are they true or not, this guy could not be questioned if he is true or not. He is totally true to the game. He is the essence of live fire. He has traveled the world's barbecue trail and told us all about it in his journeys. Barbecue Hall of Famer Stephen Reichland will be joining us in about 12 minutes from now. We have to talk about something that I don't think I really have any interest in doing, which is getting on a cruise ship. I probably would be more apt to travel abroad like on a jet aeroplane to a distant land, not the United States, than I would going on a cruise ship here domestically. That should tell you how much I don't want to go on a cruise. Although I've heard people have great times on cruises. That is very confining. You have little to no option on getting off once you have set sail. And I want to keep my options open. I don't want to have to call in a helicopter don't roll like that deep pocket-wise. I don't want to take a dinghy and make my way across the ocean in the middle of the night if I have had enough of the cruise ship. So I don't like to be confined per se, but Stephen Reichlin has joined forces or made some type of joint venture with a smaller cruise line. 
and we'll talk to him about that. Also, Labor Day coming up here in a week and a half or so, so we'll see what's going on on the Reichland Labor Day menu, a bunch of other things as well. Then we will move to 35 past the hour. We will find the other recurring guest on the third Tuesday of the month here on this Barbecue Central Show. Robin Lindar is the grill girl, and if you are keeping up with her on social media channels, uh, she's got a couple different ones now, obviously, at Grill Girl Robin on Instagram, but I believe she's also barn to wildlife or bungalow to alligator's teeth or something along these lines. Basically, it's a standalone Instagram that is tracking her and her husband and her son's progress as they uh, commercialize or make livable their 20 acres out in, is it Port Charlotte? or Porta Vallarta, or one of those ports in Florida, Port St. Lucie, maybe? some Something of a port. They have 20 acres of wilderness that they are trying to convert, and they have a rentile place at the moment as they are in the midst of conversion or getting under the midst of... Con- under the midst? In the midst of conversion? And there has been no lack of wild game and alligators and other such lizards that are popping up all over the place. So we'll talk to Robin about any new recipes she might be working on. Dare I say iguana. That's right. Not kidding. We'll talk about it coming up in about 30 minutes from now. And then we will move to the second hour and 14 past the second hour, also 35 past the second hour if we're lucky. She is a finalist on the first season of Barbecue Brawl Flay versus Simon. It is not Leanne Whippin, nay, it is Susie Bullock from Hey Girl Hey. And we will talk with her about the show extensively. However, not solely the show. Mostly the show, but not solely the show. She also happens to be a huge fan of of hot dogs, so I know my friend Doug Scheiding will be tuning out once we get to that talk because if we know two things are certain in life, death and taxes, we know another two things are certain in life, that Doug hates hot dogs and Doug hates kids, not necessarily in that order. Andrew, you are not the Not necessarily in that order. So we'll talk to Susie about the TV show, about hot dogs, about what might be a weeks-long campaign of hot dogs on her website and social media channels, Hey Grill Hey. So looking forward to catching up with Susie. Your phone calls and emails as we mix them in, 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com if you want to hit me up during the show. Follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. And speaking of social media, you know, my friend that comes on the show the first Tuesday of the month, not Malcolm Reed, but Sam the Cooking Guy just recently crossed over the millionth subscriber mark on YouTube. And I would like to say that the Barbecue Central Show has played, uh, let's say, a huge role in uh, helping Sam accomplish that goal. But he's not the only one hitting milestones. Might I take one second and recognize this show? A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. That's right. Greg Rempe reporting live here at the Breaking News Desk in Cleveland, Ohio, bringing you top news stories as it relates to the show. 
And maybe an hour, maybe an hour ago, we did this. We crossed over into the five thousand follower mark. It's right here. Probably can't see that too well now that I'm looking at it as uh, you're saying, but maybe you can see it. We've crossed over into the five thousandth follower mark on Instagram. Wow, look at me. A media maven in the making. Very excited that we were finally able to push over 5,000. I had no idea that it would happen this evening, but I was talking to my social media expert, SH4. You know him as Barbecue Hunk. and I'm sorry, SH3. SH4 is the little one. And he's like, oh, you will be over 5,000 here in a short period of time between who's sharing posts and who's following who. Blah, blah. He's like, you'll cross over 5,000 easily before show. And I said, well, I am not going to let this opportunity go by where I can flaunt the successes of social media as it relates to the Barbecue Central show. And while I might be a little older than some of you, I will say this, that there are few that rival the interaction and engagement that I can bring to you if you follow me. That's my value proposition to you. I will be engaging. We will engage together. It's not just sharing a bunch of photos, having a bunch of followers, and nobody giving a crap. We interact. Central Lights are part of the fabric of the show and the success of the show. And as you can see, we have a very staunch following of just over 5,000 followers. So we're halfway to 10,000. Five more years, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be there. We'll get there. I might be 50 by the time we get, but we will get there. There's no doubt about it. Also, I don't know if she's watching this evening, but finishing her second day in the hill or up on the hill in Greensburg, North Carolina, North Carolina, Greensburg, Pennsylvania. We give a hearty hello and hopefully welcome into the live streaming of my daughter, Bobby Rempe, at Seton Hill University, dropping her off this past Sunday. And while it was kind of an all-day affair, at the end, it was uh, very emotional. And uh, for those that have had to have left their child at school when you've never done it before, that's, that's weird. So her and the rest of the Centonians are gearing up for fall volleyball. We wish them a repeat of the PSAC title claim. There is a returning conference player of the year on the Seton Hill Griffins volleyball team, too. But I'm going to hope, no disrespect to that player, but I'm going to hope that somehow my daughter just stuns and amazes the crowds and coaches and then tears it up over play and she becomes the new player of the year. Conference player. We'll see. Maybe we can get her on every so often to give uh, team updates as it happens this season. We'll see. All right, Stephen Reichland coming up out of the break. I'll talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. Established in 1882, Southside, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage. Have you tried it yet? Beef sausage? Come on. It's coarse. It's ground. It's it's a coarse ground. Natural pork casing. 
Authentic Central Texas Barbecue, also available for sale if you want it. All meats, including the prime briskets. Smoked low and slow for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. They ship nationwide via the online store southsidemarket.com. They also ship fresh and smoked sausages nationwide. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later. Include a custom gift note. Mail up to multiple addresses without additional charges. How about that? All shipped items vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. All meats are processed right there in the on-site USDA inspected facility. On-site meat markets for fresh and smoked custom products. Orders are welcome as well. Two restaurants for you to eat at in Texas. Elgin, Texas since 1882 and Bastrop, Texas since 2014. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. 10% off coupon right now. Go to southsidemarket.com, order all you want, and then add checkout when I ask you for the promo code BBQ Central, lowercase, all one word, BBQ Central, and that gets you 10% off your first order, your second order, your 15th order, not just the first order, all orders from now going forward, 10% off. You want it? Code BBQ Central, southsidemarket.com. Stephen Reichlin coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils, all Butcher Barbecue products, tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit butcherbbq.com to stock up now. Always trust your butcher, right? Of course. All right, joining me now is the first third Tuesday of the month recurring guest. He is a TV icon. He is a live fire barbecue and grilling icon. He is a barbecue hall of famer, cooking class instructor author of the most popular barbecue and grilling books in the history of the barbecue world. And apparently not online at the moment. Get that big stuff out of here. I have, do I have the right Stephen Reichlin account up? Sometimes there's like burner accounts and other times there's not burner accounts. In your favorites, yes. This one, yes. Just try this one again, see what happens. Why is the sound coming through there? It's very bizarre. Saying Stephen is not online. And now, we have to send the dreaded email. Uh, we are on. 
I hate sending the email, the reminder email, as the show is happening for any number of reasons. First of which is, you know, I hate to, I hate to have to send it because my ego is very fragile, and the fact that somebody may just may have slipped somebody's mind at nine fifteen on a Tuesday when you could roughly have seventeen thousand better things to do that I have to remind you to come and do the show. But then in the subject line, I'm always like, we're on, and I don't put anything in the in the uh, in the body, it's just like a subject line, you know, whatever. Anyway, we race to the hotline, and welcome back, friend of the show, Stephen Reichland. Hey, Steve. How you doing, man? I'm doing absolutely fabulous. How are you? I couldn't be better tonight. Couldn't be you're better. Looking, you're looking very handsome. You have a new background tonight, huh? This is the same background I've had for like 10 years. What are you oh, talking yeah. about? Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's my fine wood paneling that I had installed. Would you like that or what? Looks right. Yeah, thank you. So uh, we are talking with Stephen Reichland, BarbecueBible.com, of course. And, you know, I'm always interested, Stephen, in seeing who is watching Barbecue TV, all the more interested with you since you produce, obviously, and star in a TV show. Let's call it uh, Project Fire, for instance. Are you outside of that? Are you taking in any of this Barbecue Brawl series on the Food Network, by chance? You know, I'm embarrassed to say I make TV, but I don't watch it. I uh, do not. I barely even know how to work my TV. Really? Yeah, we're Netflix <laughs> folks. We just we watch movies, but uh, you know, I do. I I kind of work so much and so hard in barbecue, ten hours a day. Yeah. End of the day, I'm going to do something completely different. And so you have. You're one of the cord cutters. You don't pay for a traditional uh, TV service, if you will, like a UVerse or a Spectrum or I somebody like that. I can't remember the last time we oh. watched TV. It's okay. all Netflix. So what do you watch on Netflix? What's your What do you like to do when it's not live fire? Uh, well, let's see. We, uh, we watch the West wing once a year, uh, sort of ritually, uh, like from start to finish, from start to finish. It's a little bit like the Torah, you know, you kind of, uh, the Jewish religion, you start the Torah at Rosh Hashanah and you go through it. We feel that way about all seven seasons of, uh, West wing. Wow. Uh, but also we were watching uh, designated survivor. That was pretty good first season. Um, Last night, we watched a uh, sort of interesting movie called A Fortunate Man about a Danish engineer. A little bit obscure, actually, mm-hmm. but at any rate. Have, uh, you, uh, have you heard of the show The Killing? No, I haven't th- heard that. Okay, so I think I, it's I, I a... Say, you know, we love Chef's Table. Uh, we love sweet, sour, salty, hot. Uh, but I would say most of our watching is not food-related. Yeah, I get it. So uh, we're talking with Stephen Reichland. So about a week ago, I saw your name mentioned in conjunction with a cruise line. Now, typically, if I'm thinking Stephen Reichland, it's maybe in a resort cooking or doing a class, uh, obviously on the TV show. Not necessarily a cruise, but this isn't just a cruise per se. This appears to be something at a whole different level. So tell us exactly what's happening between you and a company called Windstar Cruises. Yeah, so Windstar is a small luxury cruise line. They have six ships. And about a year ago, I was approached, uh, would you like, we're expanding our ships. We want to put a barbecue, modern international barbecue restaurant on each ship. Would you be interested? So 
I've never done anything like that before, but it seemed like an interesting opportunity. And uh, lo and behold, uh, last Wednesday, and I was Las, I was in Las Vegas to announce official uh, announcement for the launch of the program. Our first restaurant will launch uh, in uh, February out of Palermo, Sicily, and I will be doing six restaurants. So uh, pretty excited about it. So what's your investment here? Uh, not money-wise, but like time-wise and uh, concept and what are you bringing to the table that uh, they were interested in having you help them with this endeavor? Well, you know, Windstar cruises all over the world and my beat is sort of Planet Barbecue. In fact, that's even the title of a book that I wrote. I remember that. So what I want to do is uh, we will have a core menu, the sort of classics of barbecue. There'll be a brisket, there'll be a pulled pork, there'll be a Kansas City rib. Uh, but then I want to pay homage to and make reference to all the travels of Windstar. So we'll do Indonesian satays, we'll do Peruvian uh, spit roasted chicken. Uh, we'll do, uh, you know, Argentinian skirt steaks with chimichurri. Uh, in the kitchen, we've got a smoker, we've got a grill, and we've got a rotisserie. So I will uh, be using all of those. Um, you know, I, I'm like a water nut. Some people, uh, some people like the mountains. Man, i got to be by the water. So I live in Miami part of the year. I live in Martha's Vineyard part of the year. And now, I guess, part of the year, I'll be in these cruise ships. One of the uh, pieces of my commitment is not just conceptualizing the restaurant and designing the menu. Uh, but w at least once a year, I'll be giving a, uh, doing a, a class on the ship. So uh, it's a way to sort of increase the portfolio travel. And, you know, I guess uh, it's funny. We were watching a movie last night about Mike Wallace, and he interviewed Barbara Streisand, of all people. Mm -hmm. He asked Barbara Streisand, what are you afraid of? And I expected Barbara Streisand to say nothing. I'm absolutely fearless. She said, I'm afraid of everything. But you know what? I conquer my fear. That's what let me star in a movie. That's what let me direct a movie. And I guess I feel a little bit like that. I, um, you know, I, I certainly have the book and TV thing done now. And yep. I, I, I welcome a new challenge. So I can see from a, a menu conception standpoint that that's probably – not very hard for you. I mean, you have all the books behind you, all the recipes behind you, all that breadth of knowledge. But when it comes to putting a uh, restaurant on a cruise ship together, like where is your strength there exactly? Well, uh, I, you know, it's, this is a work in progress. I mean, we just announced it last uh, Wednesday, but um, there will be challenges on a boat, uh, you know, challenges with uh, provisioning, challenges with, uh, with cooking, serving. Uh, but, I intend to make the food, you know, I, I guess it's one thing to write a book or do a TV show when people can sort of read the ideas but not actually taste the food and hear people be able to taste the food. And um, I'm very excited about that. All right. So will, you will be going onto these ships to do kind of like a, a, uh, a water version of a barbecue university to a certain degree? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a one one off demonstration, not a whole course. But although who knows where it could go? And, you know, one thing I'm looking forward to, there's also, there's a culinary demonstration, you know, and then there's a, what they call a cultural demonstration or cultural program. So I imagine, you know, I do this talk on the history of barbecue that I've done like at the Smithsonian and the uh, Library of Congress. And I look forward to doing that. And I'm also envisioning, man, we're in Indonesia, like how cool it would be to lead a group to do a, you know, a, a street tour, a, you know, street food tour in Indonesia. I mean, that'll be really cool. So is Windstar's 
like headquarters not necessarily here in the states it's a, it's abroad so you would all be starting out in foreign countries and then going from there uh windstar in fact is headquartered in seattle i think the flags i forget where the uh the ships are registered but yeah absolutely i will the the, tour, the cruise will not leave the united states i don't know whether it'll be indonesia or japan or the caribbean but that's where people will come for my demo all right uh, Stephen reichlin joining us here on the show barbecuebible.com uh, let's transition out uh, just for a second here and talk about the next big holiday that's coming up because we always love to talk holidays with you. That's Labor Day, obviously. Now, yeah. some would say that, Stephen, this is the signification of the unofficial end of summer, which means after Labor Day, you can neatly pack away all of your grills and smokers and so forth. Of course, we are not of that mindset here on this show. We love to do it all year round. So uh, do you have a, or are you a big fan of the Labor Day cookout, as it were, or is it just kind of another random day for you to fire up the grill and see what's what? No, I often am, but actually this Labor Day, I have a very interesting project going on for that. So, uh, you know, I do a lot of work in Quebec. I have TV shows in French in Quebec. So I'm going to be running a series of barbecue seminars in a town that's called Sept Rivières, Seven Rivers, which is on the northern shore of the mouth of the St. Lawrence River. So uh, I will be bringing my American-style Stephen Reichlin, you know, barbecue classes to Sept Rivières, mm. and I'm really excited about that. You know, the cool thing for me, I think it's probably also true for you, every day is different, and every project is different, and, um, you know, Every day brings new challenges. Are you the David Hasselhoff of uh, of, of French Canada to a certain degree when it comes to live fire? I don't know who Dave, David Hasselhoff is. I'm embarrassed you, to say. What are you talking to? David, the guy from Baywatch? David Hasselhoff? The Hoff? Well, Knight Rider? Well, like I said, I don't watch TV, so I'm sorry. That's a cultural uh, All right, but well... I'm- I'm I'm not going to feel bad for not having had caviar before or anything. I mean, you don't, David Hassel. Come on, the guy's so annoying. I figured you'd just hear about him uh, being annoying almost. I'm no? sorry I haven't, but I will look him up afterwards. By the way, you and I have to get together and have caviar together, man. All right, we'll do that. No doubt about it. Um, okay, so uh, August, to me, rings of one thing, especially out here, so I'm east of Cleveland, but... You go another 25 or 30 minutes past me, and now everything starts to flatten out. You have all the nurseries, the growers, the farmers out there. You know where I'm going, right? It's uh, silver and queen king corn time here in the uh, east part of Cleveland. So you a big uh, corn fan? Love corn, grill it at least two, three times a week. Uh, um, uh, You know, great debate. I grill it naked, not me, the corn, meaning I script the husk back. Uh, brush it with butter, salt and pepper, or I might slather it with mayonnaise and dust it with cotija chilies, uh, cotija cheese in the style of Mexico, or brush it with a sesame soy butter in the style of Japan. But love corn. Oh yeah, so that's the big thing that I've seen over the last twelve months, and obviously it's been around for quite some time. But it it seemed to have been brought to the forefront over the last uh, let's say twelve to sixteen months was that ilote. Uh, that everybody right. seems to love, which is kind of what you had mentioned. Do you do other stuff with elote at all? 
Well, I grill corn in many, many different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, I mean, one of my favorites these days is uh, you just mix equal parts uh, butter and soy sauce and brush that on your corn while you're grilling it and then dust the corn with sesame seeds. That's absolutely fantastic. Or extra virgin olive oil and freshly grated uh, Parmesan cheese. That's amazing. Or hell, you know, just butter, salt, and pepper. I mean, but uh, you got to get the kernels really charred, mm. really. You know, I see we are both wearing black shirts, and that's almost your color model for corn. Okay. So, like, do you have a time frame and a heat reference if you're going to do it? Like, I do mine typically on the gas grill. So, do I want to be running in like a medium high heat or a medium heat or something along these lines? No such thing as medium heat in Reglandia. It's either hot or off. <laughs> Super high heat. Uh, you really want those kernels to actually pop like popcorn. Oh, okay. So, and then time-wise, is it like 15 minutes or less? Uh, two to three minutes per side times oh. four for four sides. So that's eight to 12 minutes. All right. Yeah, Super not too high bad. Heat. Yeah. Right, so Remember, hot heat is where you get the caramelization. Corn has a lot of sugar in it. That's where you get the flavor. Right, so if you haven't tried grilled corn yet, I mean, that's like the next thing that you have to try. Soon, it's, You have to try that more than I have to try caviar because it's very easy to do, right? You do have to have grilled corn, but strip the husk off. A lot of misguided folks leave the husk on. They soak the corn. You don't want any of that. You want to caramelize those plant sugars. You want to char your corn. By the way, favorite yep. way to cook it, caveman style. And that is an exception to the rule of husking because then I take a whole ear of corn in the husk, lay it right on the embers of the, you know, the charcoal fire, no grill grate, and you burn the husk off. And in burning the husk off, that smoke penetrates the corn kernels. The minute you can see your corn kernels kind of dappled leopard skin with char marks you brush off the uh, the charred husk and you know just the heavens open and the angels sing hosanna and you're not in danger of the of the whole thing like going up in flames i mean obviously you're attending the fire but uh, you're not well, worrying about of course about you're it. in danger that's the thrill that's the excitement that's the expertise no you're not in danger <laughs> all right uh, Stephen reichland joining us here on the show for a few more minutes uh, Stephen, what do you know about uh, jackfruit? I mean, I've I've been so I hear it every so often. The last yeah. time I heard about it, it was a jackfruit brisket. We've talked on the show a couple different times about this uh, ever budding popularity, and I don't think it's fat anymore. We talk about the plant based proteins like the Impossible yeah. Burger and the Beyond Burger. They're making more and more news, it seems, every week. And then I hear about this jackfruit. I have no idea what it is. I think somebody made some kind of a, of a jackfruit brisket out of it and said it was just tremendous. Are you familiar with jackfruit at all? Well, I am. And uh, actually, I found, discovered jackfruit 20 years ago reading Georges Amado novels. And Georges Amado is like the, uh, it's like the Hemingway of, uh, of Brazil. I mean, he's a wonderful humanistic writer and if you want one novel to read of his that's really fantastic it's called uh, uh gabriella cloves and cinnamon but jackfruit jackfruit is one of the largest fruits in the world it is not uncommon to find jackfruits that weigh 30 pounds really huge and uh they have sort of pebbly dinosaur like skin and inside it's an orange flesh that's kind of chewy a little sweet and musky uh and it was a fruit of the poor and george george amato was a great uh champion of the poor and he kind of he wrote novels not about poverty but just 
you know, that the, the poor could be heroes and interesting people, too. And often they ate jackfruit because it grew wild and it was very cheap. Mm. Now, a lot of people, uh, vegans who want to do vegan barbecue using jackfruit because it's got it's got a chewy meat-like consistency. I'd never heard of a jackfruit brisket, but I've certainly heard of jackfruit pulled pork. In fact, mm. I'm going to put that in uh, in the next book, which is a book about grilling vegetables. Uh, it's kind of musky. um and it's it's sort of you know how exotic fruits like give them enough time they become mainstream you find them at your local supermarket yeah. I bet that will happen with jackfruit. I mean, are you at a specialty produce store to find that at this point in time? Then, well, I'm from Miami, and all of Miami is a specialty produce. So, I mean, right. Miami's barely in the United States, you know. And by the way, tip of the hat to you, uh, Greg. You are so well informed. You are so well prepared for these interviews. You're always pushing the boundaries, and uh, and, uh, you know, that you're talking about jackfruit on a barbecue show. God bless, man. You're the real deal. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll take that and run with it, especially coming from you, Stephen. That certainly means a lot. You can find Stephen Reichland, barbecuebible.com. Is the uh, TV show, we're still running with that? I'm still on it. All yep. right. Uh, so that is uh, Project Fire as well. And uh, the book, obviously, is out, too. Uh, you know where to find them. All that good stuff is on Amazon.com or through his website, BarbecueBible.com. Uh, but most importantly, the third Tuesday of the month, you find them right here getting grilled by me. And pun intended, of course. Stephen, always appreciate the time. Hey, it's great. Thanks a lot. You Grill got on, it. everybody. There he is, Stephen Reichel. I don't know if uh, you heard that or not, but he was giving your boy props, and I got 5,000 Facebook or uh, the hell is it called? Instagram followers. That's right. Talking jackfruit on this show, that, my friends, is groundbreaking. I, there was no, by the way, uh, Backyard Barbecue show on the chat saying we needed to talk about boiled hot dogs. Uh, we've already crossed that path, and we are not. Andrew, you are not. The we're not doing that again. I mean, while it really ended up being one of the pinnacle moments of 20 was that 2018 John the 10th circle of hell which initially I thought he said tense like t-e-n-s-e tense circle of hell funny stuff but it ended up being the 10th circle of hell as I googled what's a tense circle of hell the joke ended up being on me but yeah jackfruit baby Steven's been eating it for 20 years talking about that. Are you kidding? I don't even know jackfruit's been around for 20 years. Great background on jackfruit by Steven. BarbecueBible.com. Robin Lindar's coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. Okay, uh, Steven, I believe, is cooking on Green Mountain Grills from time to time. I think I saw a post or a picture with him cooking on the prime line that's right that's the newer version or the newer models so you have two lines prime line and the classic line let's call it uh, both have the same models jim Bowie is your biggest one daniel boone is the middle size uh, davy crockett doesn't fall in the classic or prime line that's all on its own that is kind of the inventor of the 12 volt technology that's the one that guinea pig started it all found success and now prime line cookers all have 12 volt technology super control of that fan which makes your pellet cooker even more pellet efficient it's really great 
I think college football is starting this weekend, so you know that means tailgating. So Davy Crockett is going to fit the bill on that. Get a decent amount of capacity, ultra portability. If you don't have access to a traditional power outlet, don't worry about it. You can plug right into the 12-volt adapter in your car, and you are using pellet wood-fired goodness to cook your food. You can get, like, two pork butts in that thing, too, so you can feed them. 50 people, for crying out loud. Bigger ones, Daniel Boone, Jim Bowie, of course. They go on the backyard or mount them to a trailer. What the hell do I care? You just need a power source. And while you're at GreenMountainGrill.com, you can check out the pellets, check out their sauces, their rubs, accessories. You buy those grills through dealers, so make sure that you check out where their dealer network is and buy from there. They'll teach you everything you need to know. And you are armed with the information to be successful right out of the gate. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. We are proud to have them as a sponsor of this show for years and years and years. Maybe the third longest running sponsor of the show. Grill Girl Talk coming up next. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Speaking of pellets, cookingpellets.com has got this segment. Your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You just visit cookingpellets.com for more information or to purchase you can also visit Amazon.com as well if you want to purchase there. I have to check back with Chris because he said he had pulled down the app or, or maybe it was available. They were going to retool the app and re-push it out. So I'll have to check back and see if that has been done or not. Also, the third Tuesday of the month, you will find my next guest right here talking about live fire cooking she is an author she holds cooking classes and a wildly successful run of youtube cooking class instructional videos it is of course robin lindars of grillgirl.com hey rob hey greg happy tuesday happy tuesday to you and thank you for coming back this month as you have been uh, every other month here this year and which is great love having you on and Me I don't, too. We have fun. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to brag at all, Robin. But uh, I mean, you know, one of us just crossed the five thousand Instagram follower mark. Woo-hoo! All right, yeah, I'm excited yeah. for you. So we're halfway Instagram to ten. Hard. Halfway to ten. So it seems to be building a little bit more on its own now. And of course, it doesn't hurt to have a Stephen Reichlin and a Robin and a Susie on uh, this particular show and you know you guys all have huge following so if you even mention it i just gain followers so it's been a pretty good day uh from a net gain perspective so oh you're great. sweet i can't even believe i get to follow um stephen reichlin isn't it great that's like and i can't believe he hasn't heard of david hasselhoff before well that's crazy he's been i mean this is what's <laughs> mind-boggling to me about stephen he has no idea who Stephen Reichlin is. He's been eating jackfruit for 20 years. I mean, what? 
Where is the disparity here? I don't understand it. I've never had jackfruit in my life, but I think I've seen everything that David Hasselhoff has done. Even his appearances on Shark Tank or uh, whatever that stupid uh, fish show is where they make all the fish tanks or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Tank? Oh, I think tank. it's Tank. I love that show. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched that. that. Show. Come on. And he has a huge following in Germany. Like, they're like obsessed yes. with David Hasselhoff. Yes. That's why I'm saying, like, for as popular as. <laughs> Uh, that Stephen is here in the states. I mean, outside, like in French Canada, he is a uh, is, is a live fire god out there. So I mean, he's got his own books and his own TV shows that he speaks French in. And he said seven yeah. rivers. He's a Stephen and I was yeah, like, yeah, he I, studied I, in France. He has like a yes. degree in like medieval French something. literature. French literature. Yeah, what it is. So yeah. Steve, Stephen is like a Renaissance man, you yes. know. That doesn't watch TV. All right, so let's talk about free grilling classes on YouTube. We talked about it last month as they were just kind of being released. So how are they being received, and has uh, anything new been added to the the course, if you will? Um, they're doing well. You know, I've been uh, they're on YouTube. They're living in the YouTube ecosphere, and uh, I've been releasing them. Uh, like once a week, I'll put a blog post about it just to help with the traffic for people to know about it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm just happy to have them out there. Uh, it's a great opportunity for people to learn more about lots of recipes I have on my site, which I've been running for a long time. And, um, yeah, I do have actually a few uh, videos that just never somehow made it to the editing floor mm-hmm. that are going to be released uh, probably in the next couple of months. Uh, one is um, one is cast iron cooking. Uh, just kind of digging into cast iron cooking on your grill. The other one is about grilling, I think, uh, romaine. And then I even have another video just talking about different grill types, like what's, what is a pellet smoker versus what is like a kettle grill? What is a Kamado or a big green egg? You know, stuff like that. Just um, still on the introductory train, but uh, really exploring lots of different stuff. So, so yeah. All right. Uh, Malcolm Reed was on the show uh, two weeks ago and he was talking about grilling fish and he kind of eats fish but he's more like me like i'm not a big fish guy at all mostly but like white lame fish is more my style and that seemed to be what he was up to he did red snapper but do you grill fish i do i do um you know fish is fun i love fish i'm in florida um i used to have a really good seafood guy before i moved and believe it or not he was the character that they modeled um, Sam from Cheers off of. Like, he was Sam. Wow. And he was the bartender in that pub in Boston. And then he, t- he was like a ski bum bartender guy and started selling seafood to the, um, what do you call them, the snowbirds yep. in, down in South Florida. And then he ended up being Peter Jarvis. He is Peter Jarvis of Triar Seafood. Wow. Um, so I was kind of exploring a little bit more because he was like um, fish purveyor to the stars. And he was like, just in this warehouse down the street from me. But um, yeah, I love to cook fish. And I think a lot of people are intimidated because they're like, oh, is it going to stick to the grates? Or what do I do with this? And it's actually just so easy because, you know, fish usually cooks very quickly anyway. Um, And, you know, it's light, it's fresh. Um, But if you look at some of the videos or my my how to grill fish video on on my grill school series, you'll see I actually show you three different ways to grill fish. And one is... um, on a cedar plank, you know, because a lot of people think just salmon on a cedar plank, but planking is great for all kinds of fish and seafood, right? Things like shrimp or scallops. Mm -hmm. It's, um, you know, it's, that's a fun way to, to add smoke. And then you're also not having to put the fish directly on the grill grates. Um, but also like take a bed of lemons, right? Slice lemons thin and use that as like your barrier to the grill. Mm. 
and then put your fish over the lemons and it imparts citrus. Like it kind of steams them on a bed of citrus, which is perfect for fish. Um, and then, you know, you can even do in like parchment, like kind of hobo, hobo style, right? Like in a steamer packet. So the downside of that is that you're not going to get uh, the smokiness from the grill, but it also gives you an opportunity to add a lot of different flavors, things like wine, a lot, a lot of butter and garlic and just stuff that you can kind of simmer in, um, fresh herbs. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of fun things you can do with it. And even, you know, a lot of people think they need like a, like a special fish grilling pan, you know, really just use a piece of foil that you fold up on the side. So all your compound butters and your citrus doesn't run off and you have your own little DIY grill pan. You know, you don't have to have special equipment to grill fish and some fish, you know, like, um, you can just grill on, you know, on this with the skin touching the grates and, and that works too. You know, if it's a thicker, if it's a thicker skin type fish, Robin but yeah, Lind Robin Lindar is joining me here on the show. Grillgirl.com at grillgirlrobin on Instagram. Um, I'm going to save that one for last. So let's talk about wild Florida adventures, because if you're following I Robin, I mean, there was a picture of you with uh, what appeared to be a wild boar that has met his untimely demise. Uh, there's alligators roaming. I mean, uh, my parents live in Florida, so it's not uh, obviously uncommon to find alligators in Florida. But, I mean, they're probably a little too close for comfort. And it's weird because uh, if you like, I guess if you feed, when I used to watch the uh, the shark, the Gator Boys TV show when that was on, yeah. they were like, well, yeah. you know, if you're feeding the sharks, they become a lot less threatened by humans and they'll just start coming right up. And now you have a really dangerous situation, especially if you have smaller pets or smaller kids and they're not really being aware. They'll just come right up and eat you. But uh, so what's happening? Like, how did you get that boar? Was that just like rooting around in your grass and somebody sniped it or what? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, good yeah. question. And, and we can talk, I have, I have all kinds of crazy animals in my life right now, but yeah. Um, so Scott and I moved over Fort Myers and we bought 20 acres. Um, and on our property, we have a bunch of wild boar that have just been like living there. Yeah. And, um, you know, I wasn't so privy to this information before I moved until this kind of happened that I didn't realize that they're kind of like, um, they're pests. They're pests. Like my husband just wants to exterminate them. You know, like they even you can hire people that like come and trap them and just get rid of them. And I think they do harvest the meat, but they're they're actually pretty hard on the land. Yeah. Um, you know, but then again, you will see also people will be like, you know, they'll do guided trips on like what like boar hunts. Yes. So um, while they're a, kind of a nuisance animal, I think my husband, he and his friends did enjoy hunting them on the property. Um. So, yeah. So my husband actually, you know, he put up a tree stand and he's been trying to just get all these wild boar off her property. And so, um, is there a fixed <laughs> number of wild boar on your property that he's counted? Like, are there 50 or 150 we counted or limitless? About eight, oh. eight to 10. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's not like totally out of control, but I think they definitely live there. And, um, I'd like, the main thing is I think when you, when you, when we actually live on the land, I would not want my kids to, or my kid or my dogs to have a run in with any boar. Yeah. And, you know, I felt really guilty about us hunting them or, um, and then I saw that, you know, they had left part of the carcass carcass on the, you know, on the grounds. Um, and, uh, the, the, their, his little pig friends just 
ate the rest of it within hours. So they're omnivores, but when you see them eat each other, it really just makes you not as upset about killing them. It's just kind of gross. Yeah. If you're you're laying there hanging on by dear life, they're going to eat you no matter what. That's what Scott was saying. He's like, you know, I don't want him on my property because, you know, what if you broke your leg and you're stuck on the property? They could just come up and eat you. And that's not cool. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, but, uh, so come to find out they're actually delicious, you know, really? so, a so lot of people will say, you have cooked one and eaten one. Yeah. So we All did, right. we put, um, we brought some meat home. They, they harvested the meat of what they, they, they've only shot like two. Um, and you know, they say it's usually the the smaller ones or the females are tastier. If you get the really big yucky one, I mean, they're all kind of yucky, but they're they're very stinky actually. When you when they've been on the property and you're there, you can tell they were there. It's like ugh. Um, but the meat is actually really good, and I thought it was going to be really gamey, but it wasn't. And I just did a um, I wet aged them, and you know, and like cryo back, we sealed them up, and then for a couple of days, and then I brined them for like a couple, for like maybe four hours. And then it was, it was just a loin, um, not a tenderloin, a loin, uh, but it it was extremely lean as you would expect, but, um, it was delicious. There was no weird taste or anything. Um, and I, you know, my only mistake was actually overcooking it because I was a little bit, uh, just, I guess, skeptical because it's wild boar. It's, you know, um, but then based on research and some Instagrammers uh, correcting me saying Hank Shaw from Hunter Angler Cook had said that you can cook wild boar to 137 to kill off, you know, any parasites or anything. Um, what is it? Trichinosis yeah, is what you yeah. worry about. So I cooked mine to 165. Next time I will cook it to 145, which is what I normally do for like store-bought pork right. anyway. Okay. Uh, now, I mean, would you say the flavor was akin to normal pork? It's It's like the same. Yeah. It's Bismo, as Hunter would say, because he speaks like Spanglish. Uh-huh. So, will <laughs> you same. do like? Would you do a pulled pork, a, a, a pulled boar, if you will? I mean, do they have uh, a Boston butts on those things? They do, and we're actually uh, making ragu. So we're making wild boar ragu this Thursday mm-hmm. um, with the meat. So, so yeah, I think you know it. It works well in like a braise and cooking low and slow. So um, the more recipes I try, the the more I will share with you guys, and I'll probably eventually develop some for my website, you know, because yeah, I have a feeling I'll be seeing a few more in my future. Yeah, at least uh, potentially six. I did see somebody in the instant chat that said, don't they have like 12 babies when they have a litter? But I can't confirm or deny that, so I don't want to, you know, set out any alarms or anything like that. Now, uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about, I saw posted, was about iguana and I think it was like a tongue-in-cheek thing initially about, yeah, send me recipes for iguana. But then all of a sudden it became all too real, and people are sending you real recipes to eat iguana, and you have now like doubled down, and you're going to actually try this. Yes. And wow. so how it all happened, and by the way, I just have to back this up by saying, if any of you guys have ever read any Carl Hyacin, um, who's like a, a pretty popular author and um, a couple – pretty famous movies have been, or one famous movie was made off of one of his books, which was Striptease. But Carl Hyacin writes a lot of like funny mystery novels and they're always based out of Florida. And unless you've, until you've lived in Florida, you, you think his shit is totally crazy. And he's like, where does he get these ideas and these stories? Right. And then you realize that this is like the crazy stuff that happens. And, um, and so lately I've been saying, Oh my God, I feel like my life, like this chapter is, is like a chapter out of a Carl Hyacin novel and it would be titled rednecks and reptiles. (laughs) 
And so, um, anyway, just because I feel like since I've moved, it's just been like, like, an, like, I don't know. It's like the theme, but I'm loving it. I'm having so much fun. So what was I talking about? Um, so iguanas. So, yeah. um, my, my good girlfriend, um, told me that she is like, she's killed like 16 iguanas in her backyard. And wow. the conversation came up because she was like, you know, I feel really bad. I feel really guilty. And, you know, I love animals just like you. Um, but, uh, these things are so gross. And so evidently, um, you know, I was in South Florida and we had iguanas everywhere, but I guess it's gotten to the point where fish and wildlife is instructing people to kill them humanely because it's become kind of out of control and they do like poop everywhere and mm. they eat a lot, they eat a lot of vegetation. And so, um, yeah, so a lot of people have been killing them and I, so I made something, uh, like not a joke, but just like an observation. I said something on Instagram and then this guy that I know on Instagram was like, actually, um, hashtag you, cause it's called chicken of the tree. <laughs> and I, I did learn about this a co- like a couple of months ago, because I don't know if I told you this, Greg, but remember I made the joke because Hunter, I came into his room and he was grilling his stuffed animal iguana, like his oh. stuffed animal iguana was on his little fake Weber grill. Right. And I was like, what's going on here? And I thought it was odd. And then I mentioned that to a friend of mine. He was like, oh yeah, chicken of the tree. And I was like, what? So that was my first, um, like time I'd kind of run into that. It was a and foreshadow so anyway, is what it was. It was what? A foreshadow. It was a foreshadowing. That's exactly what it was. And I thought it was really odd and funny at the time. And then so anyway, talking to my friend, posted that comment on Inst- on my Instagram story. And this guy from Panama says, um, I will share with you my grandmother's recipe for iguana. It's delicious. It's way better than chicken. Um, he says, I can, you know, it's illegal to cook it in Panama now, he said, but you know, if you have the opportunity, you really should try it. And so then I was like, huh. And then the idea came in my head and I was like, maybe I should try to like do iguana because what the hell, because like, you know, at the same time, people are just putting these things in their freezers and just killing, or they're just killing them. I mean, you might as well like make use of the meat. Right. Um, are they they big? Like I'm not. Uh, hip to my latest iguana information I mean, is it like a two pound thing or a 10 pound thing like how big is it well i mean they can be like small like maybe like you know a baby one could be like a foot and then they can get really big like maybe like a four footer wow. and so four then my footer. friend raven was like do you i just killed um an iguana do you want it and i was oh let me back up and so then this other person i know who lives about an hour away from me um and she's like cool chick and we we keep she's very florida like her husband's like a captain like she's always just doing really florida-ish stuff and she mentioned she was like oh it's interesting you mentioned that we have a we put we have a major iguana problem here Hmm. um and she says and i keep them in my chest freezer until trash day comes and i was like huh and so then i started thinking all right i should like give iguana a try and so then i mentioned that to my husband and he was like well, his friend who owns this company called Quack Skins, which makes this like Florida camo, because, you know, our stuff is really more bright green than it is like the colors of camo and other places. Right. So he may anyway. So he's like, yeah, my friend Quack Skins takes guided like hunts for iguana in the off season. I'm, I'm assuming he means ducks off season of ducks because it's my husband. Um so I, what I want to do, and this is what I'm going to hopefully have the opportunity to share with you guys, is to go on an iguana hunt 
um, <laughs> and kill it myself and then cook it mm. and share with you guys how it's done. So, um, so stay tuned. That is kind of like, you know, I have that hashtag never say never. Um, it sounds so crazy and the hence why I said it sounds like something out of a Carl Hyacinth novel, but I think actually it'll be really cool. And it's, it's a food source that's going to waste. I mean, people are basically shooting iguanas with pellet guns, letting, and then putting them in their trash. So mm. why not? Uh, why not? Uh, so that's your homework for this coming month is to get an iguana down, get that chicken out of the tree and mm-hmm. then make a recipe and then come back and tell us all about it. Make sure that you video all of it, especially the dispatch portion, because people always want to see that. And then let's see, let's see what you, how you review it in a month. I'm, I'm right. excited about it. It's going right. to be fun. I, it's a good opportunity for me to go out and be out in the, the, the woods or out in the water and learn something new. Robin, it seems like you always talk, you know, I, I'm, I'm taking advantage. I'm blah, blah. It seems like you're convincing yourself that where you're at in Florida is like really good, but maybe you really want to retreat back to Hollywood, Florida, where it was nice and, and, and not so friggin' wild. Am I right? <laughs> There's, you know, I think, um, I'm Don't actually lie. really happy here. Hello? Robin? Robin? No, oh dear. Check one. Check one. Uh-oh. Damn it. Stupid Skype. I knew it. Stupid Skype. Right, Robin, that's it. I'm sorry. I don't. I have no idea what happened, but lost you. Oh well. I know John Solberg. That's convenient, right? Gone. No problem. I was going over anyway, but sorry, Robin. Not sure exactly what happened. Maybe the uh, the internet in South Florida or wherever the hell she's at is uh, a little lackluster too. Uh, let's see. We got one there, one there. All right. Uh, hey, let me talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru. They have always believed that outdoor cooking should be easy because it can be, especially with the Monolith Guru Edition Grill. Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. This means smarter control and greater freedom with automatic temperature control devices. Easily choose. Your cooking time and temperature. Let the monolith do the work of a sous chef or barbecue pitmaster with minimal effort. You now have oven-like precision at the grill, and you can serve the tastiest, juicy meals each and every time. If you have a Guru controller, you don't need to buy a new fan or anything like that. If you get the monolith, the fan's built in, right? Right? Yes. So just hook up your controller that you have. Now, if you want to upgrade the tech, that's up to you. BBQGuru.com or... 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. We are back to wrap the first hour. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth if you have Alexa or the Google Assistant. You're in luck because Fireboard fully integrated with both. Check it out at fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. I am using my Fireboard more and more. I love it. I did get a report back from... Robin, her uh, internet cut out. Uh, we were f- 10 seconds out from ending the segment anyway, so no big deal. Uh, we are heading to the second hour. Again, that was Robin Lindar's uh, just this past segment. Grillgirl.com. Check out YouTube for all her great new videos that she has had out for the past month or so. And before Robin, it was Stephen Reichland, BarbecueBible.com. We talked about Jackfruit. Stick around. Be right back for the second hour. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network.